pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. At 12.06 on this very cold, my goodness, it's freezing outside. It's Tuesday, it is Juan, it's The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. I want to welcome everybody tuning in on Facebook. It's the Noon Report Live, folks. As you can tell, Juan, slightly under the weather. I mean, I feel okay, just a little bit. What in the past would have just been considered, uh, you know, a little bit of a cold, congestion, and somewhat, you know, normal that can happen in the wintertime. Um, a member of my family came down with a little bit of a sore throat and a cold and a cough. And, but now in this, uh, in Biden's America, on this Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, then you start, you know, wondering if in fact, is it, is it the dreaded Omicron? No, I don't think so. We do have a self uh, kit at home. That I was able to obtain, even though I don't live in Central Falls in McKees, Rhode Island. But we were able to purchase one at a pharmacy, and they're not cheap. But um, and I, I'm showing a negative test, so so we go forward, folks. This portion of the program on this very cold Tuesday. Now, listen, if you are having a heating problem, this is not the type of day that you want to have a heating problem. As a matter of fact, the next two days, call Coogan Heating four zero one. 732-6562. 24 hour emergency service. It's Coogs. It's R E Coogan Heating. So listen to me right now, and I mean right now, at 1207, on in fact, this Tuesday, if you're having a problem with your heating system, call Coogan. At least get on the list. 401 732 6562 Gas boiler, oil boiler. R.E. Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. And also you can find them on Facebook and then online, recooganheating.com. Remember, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. And when the weather gets this cold, and you just heard the forecast that JR played, but let me just double check. Right now, it feels like one degrees outside, and it's going to be a very cold, bone-chilling cold. Uh, throughout the course of today and then tomorrow actually starts to warm up just a little bit. But in the meantime, folks, for plumbing, heating and cooling, residential services, as Coogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. Visit the website, depetro.com. And don't forget, depetro.com. We have a lot of uh, unique original stories. Folks, this is this is outrageous that the teachers unions in Rhode Island... Um, that are very intimidating to both politicians and media, except for yours truly, but they want to shut down the schools. The schools should remain open, uh, but they want to shut down the schools and they want to go to what they call distance learning. Distance learning is basically the equivalent of shutting down the schools. It is. So, but check out depetro.com, brought to you by Brood Awakenings. Discover the brood difference, whether it is uh, fresh ingredients, cozy environment, the Brood Difference. Stop and see David. They run such a great operation. Two locations in Johnson, also located in Providence, 100 Westminster, also Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, and then the work location. Brood Awakenings. Discover the Brood Difference. Well, folks, right now, and again, good afternoon, one and all. So, um, a lot of, listen, a lot of people have been sick. I'm not, as much as I try to stay away from anyone that me. Uh, get me sick. So one picked up some kind of a, excuse me, some kind of a minor. Normally this time of year, you'd say no big deal. But again, in this age of COVID and Omicron, it it then starts to, but there's so much, I'm looking at the headlines, COVID confusion in White House, 1.5 million cases in a day, record hospitalizations. And now the latest now, the Red Cross is declaring a blood crisis. Now, I've never seen that before. Um, because and, and if you're saying, boy, I've never heard of that before, it's because it hasn't happened before. The Red Cross has declared first national blood crisis in the United States. Folks, this is a matter of just sheer incompetence with the Biden White House. Now, I will talk about the latest with Governor McKee situation in Rhode Island. You know, again, if you follow the charts in uh, tomorrow, Governor McKee is having a press briefing. I, I'm tempted to go. 
I'm not exactly sure scheduling yet, but the um, what what is just I I may go if anything just to kind of counteract just the the false information that he and his team puts out there, you know. In 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 in, in fairness to Governor McKee. It was actually Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo that started. Folks, that was all false. Remember, she used to say Rhode Island is number one. Rhode Island is number one in distance learning. That 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 doesn't mean anything. They were just saying that. Um, but if you look at, and I'll, I'll go with the New York Times has. Excuse me, I apologize. Um, different hotspots. And Rhode Island is right up there. Rhode Island is considered one of the hotspots in the entire country and actually in the entire world. So when you look at the last 90 days by region, I'm looking at the New York Times right now. Now, this is today, today, January 11th. New York Times has their map, cases by region, and Rhode Island, I'm holding it up to those on Facebook Live, but I don't think they can see it, is number one. Number one. In cases. So now Governor McKee is going to say, well, that's because, yeah, now I'm looking at U.S. cases, the number one state cases, hospitalizations and deaths trending. The number one state is Rhode Island, followed by New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Connecticut. So I I get it. I apologize. And it's fair to say, well, it's in this part of the country. I'm going to get a cough drop in a moment. But um. But the fact of the matter is, listen, I, I would feel better if the McKee people were just dealing with the situation as it is, as opposed to always trying to put spin on everything. But, folks, this is a battle right now with the teachers unions that want to close the schools. And I, I'll also listen. I'll also say this about Governor McKee. Um, it's ridiculous. He is sitting Governor Rhode Island, Governor Dan McKee is sitting on literally $1 billion. You know, in the past in Rhode Island, if somehow they had $10 million, it was a lot of money. If they had $100 million, it was unheard of. He is sitting on $1 billion. The fact that they have failed to get the schools properly set up, that's where that COVID money was supposed to go. It was supposed to go to COVID-related, um, you know, Kind of COVID-related issues, I should say. Not giving $3,000 bonuses to try to bribe state workers to get their vote. That's what it was supposed to go towards. So the teachers' unions, led by Captain Creep, they're once again trying to say, let's just do distance learning is non-learning. And to make matters even worse, and this is the definitive element, folks. So when they're saying distance learning, they are not suggesting uh, that teachers go into the classroom. They feel... Teachers should be able to do Zoom from their kitchens at home. And and that is just completely unacceptable. I want to repeat, children need to be in the classroom to learn. So, but Governor McKee, they have they can spin this any way they want to try, but they have really dropped the ball on COVID. And this business that they're saying, yeah, but we're number one in, in testing. I, I wish she would just abandon that because no one believes it. We're not number one in anything, as a matter of fact, except we, it's not number one. We are we're considered worse. Now, something very significant happened just a short time ago, and I want to play it for you. And Rand Paul, uh, Rand Paul, oh, also, how about the fact that Ethics Commission, which is useless, is not going to go after Tony Silva, the former chief of staff for Governor McKee. That, that, that's a joke. The Rhode Island Ethics Commission has tossed out a complaint against Governor Dan McKee's former chief of staff, Tony Silva, concluding there wasn't enough probable cause to prove Silva violated the state ethics code. That, that's complete BS. He was using his position uh, uh, as the head of, as the governor's chief of staff, in order to lean on the town of Cumberland and the mayor of Cumberland. That's what happened. As much as he wants to talk third person. But I want to play. Uh, so Rand Paul really went after Dr. Anthony Fauci. And it's a little long, but it's worth listening to. This was just a short time ago um, because some questions need to be answered. I want you to hear. This is Senator Rand Paul. Planning, whether it be of the economy or of science, is risky because of the fallibility of the planner. 
would not be so catastrophic if the planner were simply one physician in Peoria, then the mistakes would only affect that physician's patients, the people who chose that physician. But when the planner is a government official, like yourself, who rules by mandate, the errors are compounded and become much more harmful. A planner who believes he is the science leads to an arrogance that justifies, in his mind, using government resources to smear and to destroy the reputations of other scientists who disagree with him. In an email exchange with Dr. Collins, you conspire, and I quote here directly from the email, to create a quick and devastating published takedown of three prominent epidemiologists from Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. Apparently there's a lot of fringe epidemiologists at Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. And you quote in the email that they were from Dr. Collins, and you, you agree that they are fringe. Immediately, there's this takedown effort. A published takedown, though, you know, doesn't exactly conjure up the image of a dispassionate scientist. Instead of engaging them on the merits, you and Dr. Collins thought to smear them as fringe and take them down. And not in journals, in lay press. This is not only antithetical to the scientific method, it's the epitome of cheap politics, and it's reprehensible, Dr. Fauci. Do you really think it's appropriate to use your $420,000 salary to attack scientists that disagree with you? The, the email you're referring to was an email of Dr. Collins to me. If you look at the email that you responded to and hurried up and said, I can do it, I can do it. We got something in Wired no, magazine. No, no, no. I think in usual fashion, Senator, you are distorting everything about me. Did you ever object to Dr. Collins' characterization of them as friends? Did you write back to Dr. Collins and say, no, they're not friends, they're esteemed scientists, and it would be beneath me I, I did not do that. You responded to him that you would do it, and you immediately got an article in Wired, and you sent it back to him and said, hey, look, I've got him. I nailed him in Wired of all scientific publications. That's not what went on. You did. There you go again. That you was just do the same thing every year. That was your response. And so, this, wasn't, so, this wasn't the only time. So your desire to take you're down people. incorrect. As usual, Senator, you no. are incorrect. Almost everything you well, said. Well, no, you deny. You deny. Right. But the emails tell the truth of this. No. This wasn't the only time. Your desire to take down those who disagree with you didn't stop with Harvard, Oxford, and Stanford. You conspired with Peter Dazak, who you communicated with privately, and other members of the scientific community that wrote opinion pieces for Nature. Five of them signed a, a paper for Nature, an opinion piece. Seventeen signed a paper that called it conspiracy theory, the idea that the virus could have originated in the lab. Do you think words like conspiracy theory should be in a scientific paper? Senator, I never used that word when I was referring to it. You're distorting virtually everything. Did you communicate with the five scientists who wrote the opinion piece in Nature where they were describing, oh, this, there's no way this could that come from, was from the lab? me. What did I you did? talk with any of those See, scientists but privately? You keep, the, you keep distorting did you? the truth. It is, it is did you talk, how did you, you talk to any of the scientists privately? Yes. You wrote the opinion. You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, let me explain. You know you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you're completely turning it around. As most of the scientists that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let a response to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened so far? Do you think you, lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. Do you think it's a uh, winning success what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way 
telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask, get boosted. And you've added things to make it coercive. Take a look at everything that I said to be done by mandate. You've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. So, again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because this, this happens all the time. You personally attack me. And with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of I was prominent I was epidemiologist was not political? You don't want me that to finish question. You know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, you political and taking down by these three point, prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this, uh, the, Dr. Fauci to respond. We have a number of senators yeah. who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Please do so. so the last time we had a committee or the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, which is really irresponsible. And I say, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two, what happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life threats upon my life, harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Now, no, I guess you could say, well, that's the way it goes. I can take the hit. Well, it it, it makes a difference because, as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going, and he was going to Washington, D.C. to kill Dr. Fauci. And they found in his car an AR-15 and multiple magazines of ammunition because he thinks that maybe I'm killing people. So I ask myself, why would Senator want to do this? So go to Rand Paul website and you see fire Dr. Fauci with a little box that says contribute here. You can do $5, $10, $20, $100. So you are making a catastrophic epidemic for your political gain. So the you only have thing politically that, the only attacked thing your can, colleagues uh, and in a politically reprehensible the only way thing that I can think of. Okay, you won't we, defend it. No, you won't argue it. I'm you sorry, just simply we're turn around the attack. Continue this hearing. We yeah. have a number of questions. Uh, just others one, one more minute. Please, well, Dr. My, Fauci, I, I really appreciate your response, but we do have a number of, of questions from senators, and we do have a second round, and I'm being asked to make sure that we right. everybody has their time. So thank you. Thank you very much for allowing me, Madam Chair. Okay. Um, Folks, I want to go back, and again, good afternoon. Um, You just heard Rand Paul really just tore him up in the back and the back and forth between the um, the two of them. But I just want to revisit. Let me just play this again. Again, you're listening to the John DePietro show. This is where they're really going back and forth. Did you talk to any of the scientists privately? Yes. You wrote the opinion. You did. Well, what were they telling you privately? Well, let me explain. You know, you're going back to that original discussion when I brought together a group of people to look at every possibility with an open mind. So you, not only are you distorting it, you're completely turning it around. As well, most of the scientists do. that came to you privately, did they come to you privately and say, no way, this came from the lab? Or was their initial impression, Dr. Gary and Dr. others that were involved, was their initial impression actually that it looked very suspicious for a virus you know, that came from a lab? Senator, we are here at a committee to look at a, a virus now that has killed almost 900,000 people. And the purpose of the committee was to try and get things out, how we can help to get the American public. And you keep coming back to personal attacks on me that have absolutely no relevance 
to reality. Do you think anybody has had more influence let, over let response to this than you have? Do you Madam think it's a great Chair, success? Do you think it's a great success what's happened so far? Do you think you, lockdowns are good for our kids? Do you think we slowed down the death rate? More people have died now under President Biden than did under President Trump. You are the one responsible. You are the architect. You are the lead architect for the response from the government. And now 800,000 people have died. Right. Do you think it's a uh, winning success, what you've advocated for government? Um, Senator, first of all, <clears throat> if you look at everything that I said, you accuse me of in a monolithic way telling people what they need to do. Everything that I've said has been in support of the CDC guidelines. Wear a mask. Get boosted. And you've advocated to make it coercive. Take, take a look at everything you've advocated that I said. to be done by mandate. Wait, you've advocated that your infallible opinion be dictated by law. Right. So, again, Madam Chair, I would like just a couple of minutes because this, this happens all the time. You personally attack me and with absolutely not a shred of evidence of anything you say. So I would like to make something clear to the committee. He's doing this for political reasons. What you need to do is he said in front of this committee. You think your takedown of I was prominent epidemiologist was not political? You don't want me that to was finish question. You know what I'm going to say. Senator, that was the question. Senator, you political and taking down by the three point, prominent epidemiologists? Senator Paul, if you would please, um, I'm going to allow this, uh, the, Dr. Fauci to respond. We have a number of senators yeah. who would like to ask questions, and I would like him to be able to respond. Please do so. The last time we had a committee of the time before, he was accusing me of being responsible for the death of five, four to five million people, which is really irresponsible. And I say, why is he doing that? There are two reasons why that's really bad. The first is it distracts from what we're all trying to do here today is get our arms around the epidemic and the pandemic that we're dealing with, not something imaginary. Number two. What happens when he gets out and accuses me of things that are completely untrue is that all of a sudden that kindles the crazies out there and I have life threats upon my life, harassment of my family and my children with obscene phone calls because people are lying about me. Now, you know, I guess you could say, well, that's the way it goes. I can take the hit. Well. It, it, it makes a difference because, as some of you may know, just about three or four weeks ago, on December 21st, a person was arrested who was on their way from Sacramento to Washington, D.C. at a speed stop in Iowa. And they asked, the police asked him where he was going. All right. Now, folks, again, that is Dr. Fauci and the woe was me. And he is the one that has stepped forward. I, I still maintain... Uh, I think Senator Rand Paul was was really, really effective in in uh, his case against Dr. Fauci. Folks, good afternoon at 1229. I know that was somewhat lengthy, but I think it's worth it. This portion of our program brought to you by Henry Oil. Listen, you need oil. We still got a long way to go with the cold weather. Call Henry Oil, 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, reliable, affordable, fuel oil delivery, fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery since 1947. You can depend on Henry Oil. Remember, budget plans, service contracts, lock and cap pricing, automatic delivery, oil burner service and installation. It's Henry Oil, serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. Call them right now, 401-521-0200, 401-521-0200 for Henry Oil. Folks, as always, visit the website, dipetro.com. Right now it's 1230. Uh, it's not your imagination. So far, th- this is the coldest day we've had uh, since last winter. This portion of the program brought to you by Endzone Sports Pub. Stop it and see them. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. The NFL playoffs are here Saturday night. Patriots against Buffalo in Buffalo. Catch all the action. End Zone Sports Pub. I was there just the other day. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. And there's a link right at the website, dipetro.com. So now there's something else that's very significant going on. And that is, never mind, uh, despite what the McKee people try to spin, uh, it, it, it is my contention that my, my problem, excuse me, with the governor and his people is seemingly no one's ever held accountable. 
Um, the situation with the Rhode Island Department of Health and with the McKee people. Listen, Governor McKee took over in March and he watched. He watched all of 2020 as Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo was dealing with the onset of the pandemic. And he watched that through the summer of 2020. He watched that in the fall. It was very obvious in the fall of 2020 that Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee wanted to play a larger role. And he did. You know, he was working a lot with small business and Governor Raimondo would not give the would not give him the time of day. She just would not and wouldn't give many FaceTime. And and every time and I always thought it was kind of lame that these reporters would go to one of the briefings and mention him kind of like doing his bidding. You see that, by the way, folks, uh, sometimes there are certain people, media members that are at these briefings that I could start to name. But many times when you you hear them ask a question, it's because a certain special interest or someone has asked them or told them. Many times the television stations, by the way, is their news directors that are sending them to questions. But there's different people. And obviously the McKee people were playing through some of the members of the media. How come he's not more involved? And to her credit, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo would not give him any time on stage, would not give him the time of day until it was then very obvious she was going to join the Biden administration. And she finally did last March, less than a year ago, when you think about it, of 2021. But my point is, Governor McKee, through the spring of 20 and then into the fall of 20, and then the beginning part, or excuse me, you know, into 21, he, he watched how all this was going on. He watched the problems that she had when she took off her mask at the wine and paint and all this other stuff. Um, you know, he's been in the job almost a year. He's been in the job since March. And he, he's never straightened out the communication between seemingly himself and the Department of Health. And, and I think a, a greater glaring example is the government gave these individuals just too much freedom with all this COVID money. As I said, I mean, Governor McKee has been sitting on a billion one and... You know, not really almost like knowing what to do with it. Um, As I have said, that COVID money should have gone to COVID related issues, not giving out bonuses to Providence teachers, using it for bonuses for state workers. Uh, It shouldn't be about that. It should have been like this is ridiculous that the teachers unions are now saying that they want uh, the schools closed. And the schools in Chicago, they're back in the classroom. But the teachers union here that are so strong, you know, there's no elected official that's even pushing back on them. You know, there's another interesting story, by the way, on social media that I saw that that there's definitely been coordination in um, in Rhode Island. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse is somehow tied in with this. But the teachers unions started to. Um, communicate with big tech, which is, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, all the social media. So trying to collect intent. Senator Whitehouse was somehow involved with collecting intelligence on parents that was showing up at these um, school committee meetings. And Apparently, they have now unearthed a letter that the teachers union sent out, excuse me, where they were trying to get the Justice Department to silence so, um, parents and sent out a letter to the social media, uh, the big tech, Facebook, as I said. Hey, folks, I apologize. NEA's letter to social media companies requests the leaders of Facebook, Twitter, TikTok prioritize the safety. And basically, they wanted all these parents that were organizing on social media to basically silence them and ban them. See, this, I know that's going to seem surprising to people. You also have to realize you have the teachers, but then you have the teachers unions and they're two very different Two very different entities. 
Uh, there are many teachers that don't like a lot of the things the union does. They just go along with it. The unions will bully them. But they actually went after parents with this. They didn't like how parents were showing up. This was last fall. They didn't like how they were showing up at the school committee meetings. And they didn't like that this was happening in South Kingstown. They just didn't like that this was going on in North Kingstown in different school committee meetings around the state and then actually across the country. So they actually, the NEA, I mean, this is, they were actually asking the big tech companies to silence the parents and not let them use that social media platform to kind of organize, which is just um, completely outrageous. So, but no one ever should have thought, I apologize, folks. Um, No one ever should have thought that that their intentions were to do what was right for either the children and or the parents. It's all you have to, whenever you hear that, whether it's uh, Bob Walsh or someone else, they, they're, they're union negotiators. That's what they do. They are union negotiators. Um, they, they are not educators. They're constantly brought on panels I've had arguments with other local members of the media that bring them on panels. And as I've said, I've known Jim Hummel for over 20 years. I'm friendly with Hummel. But I just shake my head when I would see that on uh, Rhode Island PBS that at one point was taxpayer funded, Channel 36. He would do a panel. And he's not, he inherited this, by the way. But they'd say on the panel this week is the education commissioner. And then it's the president of uri and then it's the you know president of rhode island college or ccri and and then bob walsh why are you having a union negotiator the guy is it's all spin it's all to fit their narrative they do not care about the children i repeat they do not care about the children it's all just to try to get their members more money The public school system experiment in this country has failed by and large. It has. And when these when they're talking about there needs to be more distance learning and all this other stuff, it's it's there's no learning. They're shutting down the school systems. Um, You know, I remember in the spring, I'm going to say March or April, I'm going to say maybe April of the um, pandemic of 2020 that I ran into someone I'd known for a time who was working at the time as a substitute or doing something with Hope High School in Providence. And then even then he was saying that the kids would log on. They would say to them, you have to log on the beginning of the day, 830, log on, and then they're gone for the day. It was all just it was like a game. Um, you know, Governor Raimondo and the Education Commissioner, keep in mind, she was still trying to, Gina Raimondo was still trying to be considered to be the vice president for Biden. So uh, as a result of that, it didn't matter what the truth was. The only thing that matters was what were they were trying to put forward. And that's how they got that whole false narrative you know, when you think about it, it it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But they started the narrative. Uh, Rhode Island's number one in distance, which is, is, is stupid. I mean, it's foolish. No one, no one believed that. It didn't even exist. It was a false title that they were trying to claim. Now, I also want to point out, today is a big day. You have the President of the United States going to Georgia. And, folks, to date, today is Tuesday, January 11th. Um, oh, let me just, let me just see this. Um, so our friend Nicole Salas really going at it with, uh, <clears throat> of Walsh. When they're picking on me, they're leaving someone else alone. Glad to be of service. Oh, okay. No, they want to shut the schools. That the, the business of, no, we don't want to shut down the schools. We just want to do distance learning. There's no such thing. We've already learned that. Listen, in the spring of 2020, there was 
no way for everyone to know how bad the virus was, how long it was going to last, the impact it was going to have. So, so, you know, people had to do what they had to do. But that, that is, it's, it's very different from what it was. But I just want to draw attention. You know, here you have the President of the United States is in the state of Georgia today. By the way, great game last night, Georgia and Alabama. I'm very glad for Georgia. I'm glad they won the national title. They deserved it. Uh, and they did. They, they beat up Alabama in that fourth quarter. But even um, John Harwood of CNN said it doesn't seem so Stacey Abrams said she can't be with President Biden today because they mixed up their schedules. Uh, The fact of the matter is Biden's approval rating in Georgia is very, very low. And so no one wants to be seen with him. Uh, Let me just point Stacey Abrams' absence, it does not seem plausible that they simply mixed up their schedules uh, on this uh, event. It's too important to Joe Biden and Stacey Abrams. For, uh, yeah, they didn't mix up their schedules. She doesn't want to be seen with him. That's what's really going on. And Biden is trying to carry this out, by the way. Here we go. I spoke to Stacey this morning about a great relationship. We got our scheduling mixed up. I'm going to be talked with her at length this morning. That's actually not it. She didn't. He is doing so poorly. He didn't. She didn't want to be seen with him. Even uh, Joe Scarborough, Morning Joe, touched on it. My analysis, though, though worldly uh, weary, while giving it, uh, Jonathan Lemire is not about Stacey Abrams. I'm not criticizing Stacey Abrams here. I am making a comment about the political standing of Joe Biden as seen from a woman who's running for governor of Georgia and wants to win that election. I'm not, I mean, politicians show up with presidents when they have 52% approval ratings. Politicians don't show up with presidents when their approval ratings may be in the 30s in a state where they want to be elected. Or there's another reason. Or... She's getting the tires rotated, and right now in the middle of COVID, that's kind of hard. I mean, I just don't know. I would say this about, like, whatever. This is this is politics 101. I find it fascinating, and it speaks less to Stacey Abrams, it really does, than it does what she perceives Joe Biden's political standing to be in the state of Georgia right now. That she's not showing up in an event that was custom-made for her. Think of that for a moment. <clears throat> This whole thing that Biden is there in Georgia on voting. And folks, I also want to remind you, and I don't say this uh, gleefully, at 1243, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, which is dePietro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Pat Elston, Caldwell Banker Realty. Based in Cumberland, 20 years experience, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. There's a link at the website, depetro.com for Caldwell Banker Realtor, Pat Elston, 401-474-5253. I don't say this with any form of joy, but Rhode Island, still the Republican Party, does not have anyone to run for Secretary of State. All the other states, I don't understand it. Uh, I am going to speak with the party this week. In an off-air conversation, which could lead to an on-air conversation. In every other state, the Secretary of State's race in office is the office that they're putting a lot behind. Uh, Right now, unless something changes, Rhode Island is the exception. Maybe they have a good candidate and they just haven't announced yet. It's possible. I'll wait. I think it would be better if they were out there now raising money. Um. I want all of you to know our voting system in Rhode Island has nothing to do with President Trump. It's completely out of control because they have let Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea completely push it to the limit. And something else that I'm going to stick with my prediction. You watch. Now, she's in the Democrat primary in September. She should not be Secretary of State. She's basically running the election and primary that she's part of. Does that make sense to anyone? What if last night one of the refs was an assistant coach on Alabama? Would that seem fair? 
Um, it, it makes no sense. I get that people don't see it coming yet, but I'm telling you right now, our election system is so fraught with fraud. And as I have told you, one of the biggest areas that they exploit is that in Rhode Island, anyone is registered to vote. In Rhode Island, you don't have to go to the polls to cast your ballot. They keep making it easier and easier for people to commit voter fraud. And the state is also uh, not served well by some of the good government groups like Common Cause. Uh, Operation Clean Government is just not in existence anymore. They don't do anything. Uh, The person that took over Operation Clean Government, at one point I tried to get involved with them. I tried to help them recruit more members. I tried to help them do more things. Um, It's unfortunate that great organization that was started in the aftermath of the credit union banking crisis, it turned into just a club. And people who were older, who just wanted to socialize, and it turned into a club. And it's gone by the wayside. But my point is, people like John Marion of Common Cause and Operation Clean Grout, they don't they don't say anything. John Marion, all he keeps saying is he must get some kind of a bonus or stipend based on the number of people that vote. Because all he seemingly cares about is he wants as many people to vote as possible. He doesn't even care if they're legitimate. And folks, just so you understand, someone like John Marion of Common Cause, who I think is really irresponsible. I know the local media loves him because he monitors certain meetings and blah, blah, blah. But he'll put out half-truths. One of the half-truths they say in Rhode Island is that no one has been convicted of voter fraud. Um, It's a felony. It's a felony and... Uh, they, you know, the, my, my point is they don't even look for it. The reason no one's been convicted of voter fraud is they don't even look for it. And as much as they say, you know, it's a felony if you sign a voter re- registration card or anything like that. But it's not enforced. It's not enforced. As I've said, if state police said, listen, 146, Route 146 is very safe. No one has gotten a speeding ticket. On Route 146 in the past 12 months, it's very safe. Everyone's going the speed limit. Well, the question would be, how much enforcement do you have? And then if they made that statement and said, well, actually, we don't do any speed enforcement on Route 146. Well, then that throws it out. The the fact of the matter is there's no one even looking. There's no one even looking. There's several practices that I've talked about in the past that impact and lead to fraud. And one is ballot harvesting, where you can hire someone to work for your campaign and they pay them per ballot. Every ballot that you go out, every vote you go out and bring back and show it to us, boom, you get 20 bucks or 15 bucks. And that's where all the campaign money goes. That's the ground game they talk about. It shouldn't be allowed, should not be allowed. Rhode Island could get rid of that. Ballot harvesting. We should not have all those boxes that you can dump all those ballots into. Why did they set up all those ballots for uh, absentee ballots, for mail ballots? They set those up to avoid the it's not mail fraud. Many times if you fill out a ballot and it's fraudulent and then you put it through the mail, at the very least, they could catch you for mail fraud. But if they have a box... And therefore, you're just dumping out, and they do. They'll dump out 500. They'll dump out 1,000, all from the campaigns. Let me ask you a question. When when you have the Nelly Gorbea campaign, and they're delivering 50,000 votes, 50,000 ballots that they harvest, that they go out and get in the field, what percentage would you guess are votes for Nelly Gorbea? The answer is 100%. They're not just delivering 50,000 ballots. They're really delivering 50,000 votes. That's what they're delivering. It should be outlawed. It should not be allowed. We also should not have all this early voting, uh, absentee voting. How many people listening or watching right now received an unsolicited mail ballot application? That's all part of it. 
Uh, you watch. This is January. I'm going to stick with my prediction that this stuff will surface. You watch what's going to happen in August and September. Watch what's going to happen in August and September. Folks, again, good afternoon. I apologize. Juan is, um, I mean, I'm not, I feel fine. Just a little bit of a minor uh, cold and sore throat. But I feel fine. And I, I did take a home test and I don't have COVID or Omicron, whatever we're calling it. This portion of the John DePietro Show. Folks, it's brought by Propane Plus. Now, listen, on this Tuesday, if you're in Rhode Island, make Propane Plus your propane supplier. Call them 401-885-4209. Maybe you need a lot of propane for your business or restaurant or for your home. Call Propane Plus, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508 508- 252-3359. Propane Plus. Three generations available 24-7 for all your service and delivery needs. They offer online billing. Also, the ability to schedule your service delivery all at the click of a button. Customers receive a free safety inspection. And remember, with Propane, uh, well, Propane Plus, with propane, it's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and now it's renewable. You can depend on Propane Plus. Call them today at 401-885-4209 for Propane Plus. Well, folks, right now, good afternoon. It's 1252 on this Tuesday, and uh, it's not your imagination. I mean, this is, um, to me, I would argue that right now, especially when the temperature is uh, it's one? It feels like one degree outside, even though it's fifteen degrees. Um, it's uh, it's January eleventh, so the holidays are over. The credit card bills are rolling in. You still can't get a COVID test. COVID is running a mark. I would just remind you that I believe that this week is maybe one of the toughest weeks. Of the entire year. And I'll tell you why I believe that. Number one, on Monday, it's Martin Luther King. So it's a three-day weekend for a lot of people. And then it's a short week. Plus, the Patriots are playing on Saturday night. So you get past this week. Next week's a short week. Then, January 20th is the final. January 24th, 23rd is the final week of January. And then, at least, when we hit February... It starts to get a little more lighter out in the afternoon. At least January's over. <clears throat> the end is near. Then we're getting closer to Lent. And February is a short month. February, you can start to catch some decent days sometimes. Um, and then, you know, years ago, I remember the end of February going to, it was so warm out, you know, you start seeing baseball practice. So... You know, so when, once you hit February, to me, it's kind of like the end is near, even though it is the end of the NFL season. And then once you get into March, it's March Madness. But th- this is tough. Th- this week, this is not easy. Uh, when it's freezing outside, when COVID and Omicron has run amok. And it's also ironic to me. There's just, do you notice there's, there's, there does not seem to be, I should say. There doesn't seem to be any accountability within the Department of Health and the McKee administration. Certainly, I would argue, I think you could argue that if this were the private sector in the way that this has been handled for the past month, that someone, heads would roll and someone would would, uh, be held accountable. But it doesn't seem to happen. They seem to have doubled down on testing in Central Falls. I get the more you test, the more positive tests you get. Um, But I I would just say I don't think the McKee, and there's no other way. He can blame Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott. But ultimately, Governor McKee, it's his administration. I think you could just argue that their plan has not worked. Their strategy for this has not worked. We're the smallest state. Um, this thing could have been handled better. And on top of that, he was sitting on, and still is, $1 billion. 
they could have bought test kits for every household that it, it's it's uh, it makes no sense that for the past few weeks that people have been scrambling to try to get tested. It started the week of December 20th. Then it was the week of New Year's. Then it was the first week of the year. We're now into, you know, today is Tuesday. It's January 11th. And people are still scrambling trying to find where they can go and get tested. And what I mean by that is I think it's, you know, it's working effectively when you can find a place to get tested. I believe I think it should be 48 hours. I'm not saying you should be able to find a test that day. But I think within two days, people that have symptoms should be able to get tested. Maybe you want to extend it a little bit beyond that. So now I started to get a little bit of a cold and sore throat on Sunday. I went online. The earliest appointment I could find at a state site is Friday, this Friday the 14th. That's a long time. And then how long is it going to take to get the results back? Plus, it's in a long weekend. So I I would like to think after everything we've been through, and this will be the third March, third month of March, we're dealing with the virus, 20, 21, 22. And money is no object because the McKee people are sitting on a pile of money. Um, I, I would think that this thing could have been handled better. So now, none of the Democrats are taking shot at them that are running for governor. And, and it's too bad because a Republican candidate could really be going to town right now. I think so. Quality of their life issues, the way the schools are being handled. Uh, I believe the McKee approach, they let their guard down. They were not on the ball. And now all of us, I believe, are paying the penalty. I think so, are paying the penalty for it. I don't know how you could argue any other way. Hey, folks, I want to remind you, if you're ever in an accident, uh, and with all the snow and ice, maybe you have, pick up the phone call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Did someone hit your vehicle? They did. Call West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Kenny Salvatore, Patricia, folks, they are just terrific. They will repair your vehicle. Showroom-like condition, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. If someone hits your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340. It's West Fountain Auto Body. Well, folks, good afternoon. It's 1259 on this Tuesday. It's very cold out. Um, it's the John DePietro Show. Remember, we start at 11. We go until 2. Next hour. I'm going to more on this North Kingstown situation, which is bad. More on, I'm going to replay Fauci going at it with Rand Paul. That was very good between the two of them. And then the latest now, I don't understand how former McKee Chief of Staff Tony Silva, the Ethics Commission didn't find anything against him. It's, it's ridiculous. you got to wonder, were they really investigating? Next hour is radio only. You can listen AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Or you can listen online at the website, dipetro.com. And we'll be doing Facebook Live later on. WNRI, Woonsocket, W236CW, W260DC. W-N-R-I.